Yeah, it's Buku One here. One thing I know, every good podcast deserves its own theme song. Oh, for sure. And this one most definitely deserves its own theme song. We changing the game on the name, put respect. Uncle Dad talks, yeah, live and direct. What did you expect from the two fly guys? One love Kevin Smith, one or more is Golden Eye. Mike's the level-headed, baby gave edits. Uncle Dad gets nervous all the time, but to his credit, he's clever. Spring stuff on Mike on a daily. can mangle up a name amazingly. The range of events and topics makes it hard to stop listening. So why even attempt it? From bare knuckle fighting to Grammy songwriting to Burning Man flames. To firefighter video games and many, many more than I could put in a verse. Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse. And many, many more than I could put in one verse. Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse. Yes. You heard it first here. Show did. Tion Buku 1, aka Mr. Generous. All right, it's uh, Uncle Dad in the house with his main man, Mike. Mike, what's up? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's a new intro. You know, I'm trying. I don't new think things. I've heard. I don't think I've heard. Yeah, I'm trying new yeah. things, man. I'm trying to spice it up a little bit. Uh, what's interesting is that I think a... this is the first time you and I have done a uh, video interview in a while. Yeah, so you got to be spicy, right? Oh, got to be spicy. We've been on the road a lot, doing a lot of on-the-road shows, doing a lot of uh, in-person shows. But sometimes, Mike, you just got to kick it old school and just have a good old-fashioned video interview. Isn't that, isn't that right? That's right. <laughs> so, yes. uh, Mike, I'm very excited for you to introduce today's guest. Um, but before we do that, as always, we've got to pay the bills. And how do we pay the bills? By talking about advertisers. So... Uh, the first one, I'm just going to make it nice, short, and sweet. Uh, the way me and Mike communicate to everybody that we interview is through a program called Riverside.fm. Riverside.fm is probably one of the best uh, conversation platforms out there that you can use for recording uh, interviews, recording podcasts, recording... I don't know. What else can you think of recording, Mike? Um, your divorce. <laughs> Via two-way cam, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Keep it yeah. safe. Keeping it safe. You're right. You're right. Keeping it COVID safe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, but yes, so we got that going on through Riverside.fm. And all you got to do is go to our link in our bio at Instagram, on Instagram at Uncle Dad Talks, or check out our website, www.uncledadtalks.com, and click on sponsors to check out Riverside.fm. And as always, when you check out our sponsors, uh, you support the show. And Mike, I hopefully you agree. We always appreciate when you support the show. You support the show. You support them. You support us. Easy peasy. Everyone feels supported. Easy peasy. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then the last one, probably the most exciting one. And at this point, that episode had been released already. So if you haven't heard yet, me and Mike. Mike, what are we making? We're making a podcast. <laughs> what are we brewing? Oh. Well, <laughs> we brew. We're brewing a beer. We're brewing a beer, and that's presented by who, sir? Clandestine Brewing. Clandestine Brewing, located in San Jose, California. San Jose's finest. San Jose's finest, indeed. They now sponsor the show, so please go check them out. Um, literally, just if you Google Clandestine Brewing, San Jose, you go check them out on First Street. Uh, tell them Uncle Dad and Mike sent you. They would appreciate it. And honestly, Mike, and this isn't just because they're sponsoring us. They really do have some of the best beers and. Mike, you know, you're kind of 
a very impartial drinker. So please tell us your thoughts. <laughs> Thank you. I think, um, yeah, they definitely have lots of lots of intention in the, in the brews they make. Um, they really care about making a unique flavor and taste. And the process of it, as you all heard, is, um, well, I don't know if you actually heard the process, but the process is very in-depth and it's done with care and time and lots of, uh, lots of drinking, uh, as it should be. <laughs> lots of drinking, yes. <laughs> I mean, that was us. I don't know if they do that, but <laughs> we did that. We definitely drank a lot. <laughs> I mean, they just kept giving it to us, so why not? Why not, right? Exactly. And uh, of course, uh, one last thing to add to that is uh, Mike and I are hosting a launch party for the big event of our first beer, Uncle Dad Drinks, at Clandestine Brewing on July 9th from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. It's going to be a great time. More details to come, more guests to be announced, uh, but it's going to be a good time. Anything you want to add to that, Mike? Um, we're looking to get some good guests in there, people that have been on the show, Um but yeah, you can just come and you can drink with us and we might capture you on tape on our tape recorder. So our tape recorder, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy and his old mentality. <laughs> what? <laughs> old. <laughs> already, sir, already. Uh all right. Uh yeah, so check him out, Clandestine Brewing. Uh we appreciate you guys sponsoring the show. All right, uh Mike. Let's chat about today's guest. So I've known him here and there, but you've known him for probably over 15 years, I'm sure, right? Yeah, because I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't say it that time. (laughs) I know, but you were saying it without saying it. You see, (laughs) I hear hear everything. Okay, good. good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've known him for quite some time. We actually uh, came up uh, kind of through the trenches about the same time um way back when i was doing my hot zombie chicks thing i met this guy and he was uh was kind of breaking his way into the comic book scene i i know he'd already been doing art but um we uh we did a tour together back when i was doing the hot zombie chicks love brains tour brains was another zombie comic from another artist uh named paul allen but anyways uh Imonic, um, who is going to be joining us very shortly here, was was a, around for a lot of that tour. Um, first time I went to Burning Man, he was he was part of that group. Really, I didn't um, know. He was there. Yep, and uh, yeah, and so he's a super talented artist. He's got a lot of cool projects coming. I don't know what he can talk about because you know how that goes. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, to see how he does on here. Yeah, I'm excited too, man. So I remember when I first met him, uh, it was actually, I think, the same day I met you for the first time because he was at that same con. And uh, we, we, he started talking to me about Mortal Kombat for some reason. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Uh, well, you look like a guy to talk to Mortal Kombat about. <laughs> <laughs> I also look like a guy to talk to you about fucking superheroes, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Whatever was, we can do to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, man. I just. You know, sixteen-year-old guy attracted uh, <laughs> attracted older men. Cool. <laughs> uh, hey, kid, I mean, you like superheroes? <laughs> um, no, you just look like an easy target. That's all. Oh, yeah, thanks, thanks. Oh. <laughs> easy um, yeah. So you know, I remember chatting with him, and, and the same thing with you, Mike. And I don't, what I've always liked about the, the company you keep is that 
you guys are always very classy, professional, at least for the, you know, for the first time you meet him, <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, there's a very sense of like community and connection. And I always appreciate that about the people you introduced me to. And, uh, you know, even though you didn't introduce me to Imanic officially, it was, uh, it was kind of funny, you know, not funny, but it was kind of cool knowing that like, you know, two degrees, like three degrees of separation, you know what I mean? That, that person that I dug is friends with you and then I'm friends with you, you know what I'm saying? So it was kind of a, yeah. a cool thing. So, um, I'm very thankful to, to get to know him on a personal level and, uh, yeah, his art's incredible. Uh, he's an all-around pretty cool guy, I think. And uh, I've been, I think I've told you too, uh, Mike, I've been trying to get him on the show for a while as well. So uh, it's exciting to finally have him there. Yeah, we got him. He's 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 He kind of stepped away for a bit um, from the scene, and, and he's back. And so we had to nab him, and uh, we, we got him on here. It's exciting. It's a big day. Big day indeed. So we'll be right back after this break, and when we come back, we'll have... The ever so talented Iman. All right. <laughs> Uncle Dad is back with Mike. And Mike, we have our very special guest. Uh, this man, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, like a, my life is always, I feel like the three, three degrees of separation of Mike. And uh, Imanic is part of that. Uh, and uh, Imanic, I'm very excited to announce that he's on the show. Been wanting him on the show for a long time. I remember being a very young child, or not, or young sixteen-year-old man, sixteen-year-old boy, meeting this guy <laughs> talking about uh, Mortal Kombat, and to finally to to talk to him when I'm 33 and chat with him on the show. It's pretty surreal, as it always is when Mike brings on guests that I have met as a kid. So, uh, hello, Imanic. Hey, how's it going? Nice, nice to be on here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's 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 pretty awesome. I know that we've talked about doing this for some time and it's actually kind of cool to be able to get back out in the open and talk with people again and kind of uh, just talk with artists and then just nerd out. For sure. For sure. Now, uh, in this episode, Mike is going to kind of drive, but I will pop in here every now and then. Uh, so, Mike, the keys are yours. Let's start the show. You can pop in anytime you want. Just do that all right thing you've been doing this episode. Yeah, you like that's, it? That, that, <laughs> that's, that's, your new, that's your new call, huh? I mean, I can't do yeah. all right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Mike has something about that, that all right, and just kind of go into it. So all right, so uh, <laughs> let's see. So let's talk about that. So you met Imanic. You were you uh, Uncle Dad. You were a, a sixteen year old young man boy, <laughs> and man boy, you went yes. to a, a SatCon convention mm -hmm. where myself and Imanic were both. Uh, we were set up as artists, yes. guest artists there, or some form of that, I'm sure, right? Yes. Monik, do you remember meeting this guy as a kid and talking <laughs> about Mortal Kombat with him? Does that ring a bell? I know you meet a lot of people, obviously, yeah. but... And, like, when he talks about it, I feel yeah. kind of bad because I don't... You should feel that. <laughs> feel, that feel that bad. That, that's, that's not to take away... I, I, meet, I meet so many people. And so, I mean, Mike, Mike has been doing shows a little bit longer than I have, but... I started, I started going to shows since 93, but like do, actually doing them, I didn't start doing them until like 2006, 2007. And so like for as long as it has gone on and doing shows, you meet so many people and you have so many conversations. And sometimes there's certain things that stick out. But when you mention that, the, the only reason I think that maybe possibly we're talking about Mortal Kombat is because for a short period of time, I was actually a game tester. And you, and you told me that whole story, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, it, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's probably the one thing that kind of maybe resonates with me is talking in regards about that and that you were interested in video games. You probably asked me like some of the stuff that I do looks like video game design or concept design. And quite often that's, that's one of the aspects of the artwork that I tend to do um, where that conversation comes up. So, yeah, but in a conversation in a whole, like how it happened or exactly what we talked about, I'm, I'm just, it's been so long. I don't remember. So, so basically what Imani says is uncle dad does not matter. <laughs> no. I mean, you, no, no, you were, I know. You, were, you were probably wearing like a Goro shirt or something. And he no, was not like, even. Oh, hey, I, I game test for that. <laughs> no, hey, but I tell you what, Imanik, I'll tell you this. Your your interaction with you at least was was professional and civil. I've told the story tons of times when I met uh, Mike. Literally, he pulled me aside when I'm looking through somebody else's <laughs> comics. And he goes, uh-huh. hey, kid, hey, kid, you like you I, like superheroes? <laughs> And then I showed him Captain A-hole. Yeah. (laughs) Which obviously is not a superhero. (laughs) And then I said, said, come get in this van. (laughs) And then, you know. uh, He had a car salesman type pitch going on, too. He's like, hey, check this out. And and 18 years later, we do a show together. (laughs) I, I, I truly. I meet so many people and they're, like I said, like there's particular things that stand out, like how they look or like maybe particular conversations. Like in your case, obviously a particular conversation stands out for you, but because there are just so many, it's, it's really hard to keep track of. And there, there are times when like people remind me, um, they're like, no, I met you at this particular show. And I kind of, after a while, like I'll be driving home or something like, oh, that's right. That's how you know me. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it gets really bad when you meet so many people and I, I i'm really appreciative of everybody that you know throws down their hard-earned money on my material and i'm very gracious like for what i do it's it's um it's a privilege to do the type of job that i do i don't take it for granted at all so you know if i do forget somebody or i don't remember somebody's name i do i feel kind of bad because like you know i know that people are there for a, a personal experience being able to talk with the artist and i, I want to make sure also too that they're they're aware that i'm appreciative of their time and coming over taking a look at the work or putting harder money down on the work and whatnot you know i I would hate for anybody to kind of leave my table and not uh understand that i how appreciative i am of them just being there you know yeah i'll say that i mean i've sat next to you at conventions many times and i see and hear the way that you interact with folks and it is very genuine you're very present and you are uh, very genuinely appreciative of people even if they're, they're not throwing down any dough like just they're stopping to talk to you and and a lot of times that's not the case at at, at conventions with with artists and especially artists who've been doing it for a long time so so i uh i do appreciate that about you and and it's a great quality to have as as an artist and as just as a person in general so uh right on um so you mentioned um you know you started doing cons like as an artist 2006, 2007, but you were, um, you were doing art before that. Yeah, I was. Um, so I was doing graphic design, uh, started around 2004 and, um, I was just doing solely graphic design and I wasn't, I didn't feel that I was strong enough as an illustrator yet to start actually selling artwork at that point in time. And, and I went to a trade school, um, out of high school. I, I was, you know, 
I was good at art. I did AP classes. I was actually like part of one of the very first AP art classes in California when they were first starting that out. Advanced, AP. Advanced, uh, uh, say advanced that for placement. the... the the listeners need to know. I know, but I just want the listeners to know. Yeah. So, I mean, there, it's probably happens in other states now, but at California around that time, around 92, 93, they uh, implemented uh, an advanced placement course for art. Um, They had it for other subjects, but they were getting it um, instilled into uh, high schools now for art classes, particularly. And so I happened to, my art teacher at the time felt that, uh, myself and a few other students that were not seniors yet um, had enough uh, skill set in order to be included in the group. And so um, sophomore year going into junior year, I ended up being in one of those first classes. And I was okay. Like, I mean, I don't think I was anything spectacular. But um, I think a lot of that time I, I kind of um, was taught about... Um, the fundamentals of comics and the comic book making. And that was um, due to a, a, a teacher's name, his name was Mr. Frankie. And uh, coincidentally, he was not the art teacher that was there for the art, art department. He was the photography teacher. And um, he was really interested in like heavy metal, <laughs> Frank Frazetta, and the tools and, and, and painting techniques that go into making that style of art. And um, he would tell us about artists and some of the tools and, you know, what they worked on and whatnot. And so we had these really great crash course uh, talks with him about artists and and what they do in their job, you know, for us to have these style of comics here. And um, he ended up taking me and a friend of mine uh, named Mario to uh, our first convention. And I was, that's when teachers could do stuff with their students. Now it's not. It's not a common thing, but he said, you know, if you want, we can go to a show and you can actually meet these artists that actually work on these comics. And that changed my life. That was such a profound thing for me to actually see that. And it's one of the things I try to kind of still in young artists as well. Um, anybody that does any type of creative aspect or whatever it may be, um, to actually see that job done right in front of you, it breaks this veneer down that one, it's possible in order to do it. Two, that there is a certain amount of work ethic that goes into it. And three, you get to actually ask and speak to the person that's doing that job. And so um, once I was there, I had the opportunity to meet my first, you know, comic artist, and that was Jay Lee. And so I got to meet him and I was kind of nervous. I had a portfolio with a art, full of artwork and um, I went ahead and, I was nervous. My buddy was right behind me and he literally kicks me in the ass. He's like, when are you ever going to be, have this opportunity in order to talk to an artist like this? Like, just show your work. Just, you know, what, what, what's going to happen? He's going to tell you whatever. You know? And so I, I go ahead and I do that. And um, one of the main things, he's like, you're good. He's like, you've got skill. He's like, one of the main things that you need to do is you need to learn how to finish your work. <laughs> mm. Like, you know, because one of the things that we are as artists as creative people, we like to start things, but we it's hard to finish something. So starting something and finishing something, starting something and finishing something, and understanding what that process is, is so integral, it's so important. And it's not just for artists, but anybody that's trying to do anything that's big in their lives and trying to make, you know, um, uh, a goal towards doing something significant for themselves. And so um, it was a big, profound thing for me to kind of have that opportunity to meet him and uh, go through that and 
be able to ask questions and get his feedback on it, on what it was I was doing. And I'm basically what I would do from that time on from 92 to, you know, I guess early 2000s or so, I would use that time because I didn't go to art school. I would bring my portfolio and I would talk to artists. And because I had work, um, they would be willing to speak with me and I would go ahead and ask what tool was being used, how this, how this technique was being done. And I'd go home and, you know, obviously practice what we talked about and rinse and repeat, do the show again. And so after a few years of doing that, um, I was able to be, I guess, okay, proficient, you know, and the, the thing about it for me was I was going to go to an art school, but that unfortunately just didn't work out in my financial bracket, um, out of high school. Um, and so, uh, I, I moved out fairly quickly right out of high school, maybe like six months after graduating and I uh, got a job and then just started living on my own. And, you know, I needed to do something, but I also, I was young and piddled around and I, I, I grew up skateboarding. And so it's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to skate and, you know, have fun and, and kind of do what I wanted to do for a moment. And then when it came to about maybe around 23, turning 24, and I started becoming a lot more serious about what it is I need to do in order to be proficient at doing this job. Because at around that time, a lot of people are starting to kind of already graduate. They're going on to their profession, you know, um, or they're going on to grad school. And I had friends that were already kind of doing that. And I, I fooled around and I got an associate of science in uh, multimedia and went to a trade school. But I wasted my time in that in that sense is because the majority of the teaching that I was getting from that school, that trade school, those individuals were removed from actually doing the jobs. Like they had knowledge of how to do particular things, but it was based off of books and based on somebody else that told them that. So they didn't have firsthand knowledge for all, for, for majority of them. And going to shows, well, you get firsthand knowledge because they're doing that job and they know the, the ins and outs of it. And like some of the, the, the contrast that goes into actually, you know, being an illustrator, full-time illustrator, full-time artist, whatever measure it is that they're doing. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that was my schooling that kind of helped propel me to get to actually doing shows. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like you hear that a lot of times, like you can go to school and sure you can learn like the, the basics and like the back, you know, I don't know, the backbone of whatever it is you're trying to learn, the trade you're trying to learn, but what really teaches you, you know, like how to do things is going out, you know, or like being street smart, right? Like going out there and grinding and doing it. And, and, uh, and going to comic conventions is, is the perfect thing because like you said, you can, you meet the artists, you can talk to them, they, you can get a sketch and while they're sketching, you can tell them what you're doing and show them your portfolio. And it's, it's so accessible. And, um, what was that convention? Do you remember which one it was that you went to when you were a kid? Um, it was the, it was an ape convention at the LeBaron Hotel. Ape. That, yeah. So Dan was running the ape conventions at that time. Still, that um, runs a, or owns Slave Labor Graphics. Dan. And, yeah, Dan Vada. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it, I didn't know that at that time. I, I, I was knowledgeable about all that stuff. I am now, but um, so yeah. When they were first, I guess they were happening for some time in LeBaron Hotel, that was the very first one. And then after that, um, I would go to WonderCon, what used to be held in Oakland. Mm -hmm. um, I would do that. And, um, and I think that was one. And then I convinced my parents to take me out to San Diego Comic Con 
um, back in, yeah, back in the summer of 93. And I convinced my parents to take me and a few other friends um, to Comic-Con. And that was kind of a, a big thing for me as well. Um, as I as I was there, I, I met um, basically a, a really good friend of mine who ended up has, you know, I consider him a mentor. His name is Gary Montalbano. And um, he was just, both him and his friend, Philip, were artists, they were illustrators. And um, they took a look at my work and they gave me really good feedback on what I needed to work on and what I needed to do. And I've kind of always felt um, paralleled my learning aspect um, based on uh, on skateboarding. I come from a skateboarding mentality and there's a lot of DIY mentality. Like, that happens in music as well. There's a lot of like, you know, you kind of have to do it for yourself and you're really not waiting for anybody else's okay in order to do that. And so I kind of applied that mentality towards being an artist. Um, and that that's kind of helped propel me quite, you know, obviously make a career out of it and doing what I've been doing. Um, that's not to say there's not those, these bumps and valleys and whatnot with everything else going on. But it definitely shows you, um, you know, uh, how to kind of attack certain things and not wait for anybody else to give you the okay in order to do that. And um, that really kind of set me apart and being able to have a full-time art career. Um, when I first started at that ape show, um, I was really out of my league. I think I probably had like five prints or something or four prints and a sketchbook. And I did not think I even belonged there at all. I was so, I felt like I was measuring myself up to all the other artists that were there or that I known that were actually working in the industry. And uh, a friend of mine, she hit me up and she says, hey, there is going to be a, a convention and a friend of mine needs a table mate. And you talked about starting to do conventions. And so I think this would be a great opportunity for you. And I was a little hesitant at first. And eventually, like talking a little bit more, I was like, well, if I'm ever going to do this, I, I need just to, you know, just to do it. And I was feeling very, very self-conscious and whatnot. But once I did it, it like it kind of opened up my my understanding of like, okay, this is not as bad as it really is. And I can go ahead and can figure out how to do this. It's just jumping in the water and figuring out how to swim in this, in this medium. And, um, I was lucky enough in order to meet uh, a few really good people that, help, that have helped me out in my career and I'm still friends with today. So your so your first, your first con where you're actually at a table is ape. I believe I had, a, I think that was probably my first, con where I actually set up at a table was ape and I think a lot of artists especially Bay Area artists kind of go th went through that I say go it's gone now but you yeah. know that was kind of like the gateway right to you know and WonderCon was up in the Bay in Oakland and then you know Comic-Con back then you could I mean you and your friends went with your parents you could just buy a ticket day of and go to the show obviously not the case now yeah which but, is really weird to talk about that with somebody else and they're like really that was so simple back then that's yeah. amazing <laughs> That yeah. Simple? Okay. And so then, so, so when you do your first con, I, your name, Emonic, like, how does that, how do you, is that like an old tag name, graffiti name, or is that, how does that name come about for you? Yeah. Um, so I've been asked this a few times and, uh, so my, my, my name is Emo Gonzalez and Emonic, um, basically, where Emonic came from, I was doing graphic design at that point in time. And I really, for some of the stuff that I was doing, I wanted a moniker. 
that definitely I can kind of separate myself from the work. And um, I kind of, I, I'm an old heavy, I love old heavy metal and Ginger Mobius was one of the big influences on me. And um, just kind of looking at, um, comic book artists were a big influence on me, but I feel like concept artists and those types of artists that kind of had a foot in both fine art, concept art and comics and storytelling were more of my gear set or interests, I should say. And so um, I would I would look at like what Mobius had done in his career, and there was a there was a few others. Um, Sid Mead was a big big uh, influence on me as well, the um, concept design artist who's like worked on Blade Runner and a number of other movies and whatnot. Um, but I was trying to figure out a name that would best kind of suit me, and I was like, well, you know, this is this works that way, and um, we were. I feel like for at least for myself. I have a, pro- a little bit of problems remembering, remembering certain things in a s- certain particular way. However, if I tether it to something else, then I'm able to remember that. And so basically what those things are is like a mnemonic device, right? You, you say like, you know, um, somebody's name and you, you, you attach it to somebody else. And it's a lot easier to remember. And so um, art very much is works in the same way. And so... It's, it's a mnemonic device. When you look at a piece of artwork, it reminds you about something else or reminds you of a particular feeling or whatever. And so that's where the name came from. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because I often feel like um, my age is why I can't remember anything. But then I think back and I think I remember never really being able to remember a lot. And maybe that's just because as an artist and as someone who, like you, were out there all the time meeting, talking to people, talking to talking to fans, talking to other artists, talking to promoters, talking to potential collaborations. Like there's so many conversations that you have and so many people like just, there's only so much room in the brain. And then you still are like, got to remember what you're working on. And did I finish that project that I started? And, and so putting, uh, putting something to, to the name or to tie it in, I think that's a great, brain exercise to, to help remember right and yeah. so i'm going to take a note of that because i need help uh very badly with we kind of do that now like i mean when you hear a certain music right or whatever it's like oh this sounds like this band or it sounds like this band and mm-hmm. it, you're, you're kind of like reverse learning um it, it's like finding out about your favorite band and what they listen to what made up that sound that you're hearing right now, like the combination and culmination of a bunch of other bands that they were influenced by in order to hear this one particular sound. And so I think art in very much works in the same way. The artists that we're looking at and that we're viewing in whatever medium it happens to be, they're standing on the shoulders of other people that they've seen and been influenced by. And they're mnemonic devices in a way in which we see certain things. And so that's ultimately where the name came from. However, there, there's people that see my work automatically and they'll go, oh, it looks demonic or something like that. And I'm like, well, that's not what the idea is on that. And they're like, well, you draw skulls and everything else. And yes, because I like drawing that stuff. Because that stuff looks cool. That stuff's awesome. But one of the, I guess, the disappointments and conversations in some, they, they go, well, you must watch, you know, you must like a lot of horror. I don't. <laughs> I don't watch really? horror movies. Oh, yeah, I don't watch horror movies at all. This like, whole time, I, this this whole time, I thought you were a horror fan. Nope, I'm not. I'm not a horror fan. Oh, there's there's particular things that I like, but I like psychological stuff. Like it, like give me old Twilight Zone. 
give me that. Give me that whole first couple seasons like, sure. of, of Light Zone, that psychological, didn't do much, but great, amazing stories on. Um, you know, um, you know, I, I I like stuff that's more psychological. I'm I, I'm not very much into the horror. I mean, obviously, like I love what Guillermo del Toro does. I love how he does it, and I love that it has that creepy aspect. But one of the biggest influences for me is Jim Henson. You know, the nice. creator of the Muppets. Like that's that's my you know watching Kermit, watching those guys. Like you know, automatically, instantaneously, you're the kid in you. Him watching him do that with Frank Oz. That's amazing. That's yeah. magic. And to be able to capture that, and musicians do that as well. When you've seen a live band, particularly, and if you're not on your phone and you're paying attention to the show that's in front of you, you're hmm. you're you're pretty. You know, you get these opportunities of seeing this magic happen right in front of you. Um, and so, for, for me, like it's it's uh, a thing of trying to kind of capture that with with the artwork in some sense. You know. Yeah, I, that's an interesting way of putting it because, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing when we when we make art as artists is you're trying to invoke a feeling or a memory. Maybe it's nostalgia. Maybe it's maybe it is something frightening, but it makes you feel something, whether no matter what it is, or or sadness about a thing, or uh, if you're doing a, a portrait of an animal, it's like I love animal and nature, and this piece really speaks to me in that realm, and so. Right. You're kind of, it, it, it's just another form of, of trying to of trying to reach people, like right. you said, like a musician. And yeah. and I know it can be tough, uh, Emonic, since you do a lot of stuff with skulls and and uh, a lot of darker looking images. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're a dark skull man, <laughs> but dark like skull man. <laughs> but you can get you can kind of get uh, almost pigeonholed into yeah. the, that type of. Like that you're that guy, right? And and so do you find that when you've branched out from that it's been hard? Oh yeah, for sure. Um it's it's simple for people to automatically put whatever impression it is based on how something looks, right? One of the, I think one of the best things that I ever heard was one of the things that Jim Henson said. He says, just because it looks dark doesn't mean necessarily that it is. Mm-hmm. And we see that in today with, with in society with people, just because they're all dressed up to the nines or whatever doesn't mean that they're always the best people. They don't always have the best interests of somebody else. And just because somebody else might not necessarily, like, you can have a dude, you know, that's, like, got tattoos on the face and their neck's done up and everything. And those, are, those guys, nine times out of ten, are, like, the sweetest, gentlest guys, yeah. you know? And so it's it's not how every about how everything looks. It's what it's what's the intent and what's the action behind it. And when people tend to kind of have the opportunity to actually meet me, then they they start to take the work a little bit differently um, versus like seeing it online and just by itself at face value. I think, I think it's interesting you say all that because I, I've met quite a few like horror icons in my life. And, you know, when you talk about kind of being pigeonholed in that, it's like, you know, they do all these horror movies and then I ask them, you know, about horror and they're just like, well, I really don't care for it. <laughs> but they're like 99% the sweetest people you ever met in your life. Like I met the most recent version, the most recent version of Jason Derek Mears, I met that guy, and he was just one of the sweetest dudes in the world. And you're just like, how is this big bulking guy that can kill me in a second is so sweet, you know? So I just, I really appreciate you saying that. Like, it's, it is, it's all that whole like, don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing, right? Sure, for sure. You never know what you're getting, you yeah. know. And I think I like that idea too. 
I like that. I like, you know, like people, it's, it's, it's easy for people to pigeonhole and, and to, to put a label on something. Um, and I like it when you're able to break boundaries and, and break those, those set, those set rules with somebody who are like, Oh, it's not like that. And you're like, no, it's not like that because the world's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more nuance to, to things. And when you start to study something a little bit more, there's a little bit more to it. You know, and that, I mean, I think it just goes with anything. You know, also, I, I would ask you this, um, just because I don't think I've ever really asked you this, like with your name and when you, you know, when you were creating lots of art with, you know, darker type and lots of uh, skulls and um, were, was there any assumption or was there any part of you that was kind of processing some emotions like some, some deeper emotions through your art and then putting that out there for people to see? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, for sure. Uh, I, yeah, for sure. Like, I think all of us artists are expressing and dealing with something, um, through an outlet, um, uh, that, that we're able to control, um, because we're being affected by something in such a traumatic way that we have, we have no control over this, but we have control over this in a creative way. We're able to kind of fasten it and mold it to the way that we need. And that for us is therapy. And so very much, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I definitely, you know, I deal with my personal matters and whatnot, but I deal with it in a very gradual way. Um, in that where it's not, you know, um, maybe so out there, it, there's like these little subtle hints and things like that. But, yeah. um, that's kind of that's kind of how I how I see it, and I just kind of, um, yeah, definitely I would work things out in art ways, artwork. But I, um, I don't know that I would necessarily worry about it too much. Um, I think I was conscious of it, and even now I think I, I, I tend to do it now. You know, there's no matter what, there's a piece of the artist uh, that puts themselves in the work, and actually that's where real style comes from. It comes from the life experiences and the, the things that influence you. And how you you put those things together and what that combination is. That's real true stuff. And um, one of the best compliments that I can get and that I luckily I've been able to be um, be told is that my stuff doesn't look like anybody else's. That's good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. I mean, but if you do see my influences, that's fine too. I'm, I'm totally, I'm okay with that. And I'm, I'm open about what my influences are. Yeah. I mean, it's a little flattering, right? But also like, hey. I, you know, I see you, you, you're taking my style and okay. <laughs> I see you, I see you, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not, and also like, like, like being an artist, like you kind of make this choice at some point. You're like, okay, I could go an easier route. I could get a regular job, even if it's like a regular design job at some random design firm or company. Yeah. But when you choose to go a path kind of like what you've done, similar to what I've done where you're like, I'm not going to do that. That doesn't work for me. My passion lies within whatever this is that keeps me going for my own. And like, it's my own thing and I'm writing my own path and with my expression. And I don't want to do just some random artwork for a company that has nothing behind it. Like, I guess if it came to like that or being homeless, you would, but, but there's something in you, from wherever that came from that drives you to take this path and it's challenging and it's hard 
and it's hard to hold a relationship. It's hard to have friendships. It's hard to, to it's hard to like know how much money you're going to make next month, but you still choose, even after you've seen how difficult it is, you still choose to go that path. Right. There's a lot of sacrifice that's involved in doing what we do. Um, you know, with you, Mike, you understand like the ins and outs of what that is. And it's, it's hard to explain to somebody else that doesn't necessarily do it uh, in the fashion that we've been doing for as long as we've been doing it. Um, I mean, you can tell them and, and kind of, you know, explain it as best as possible, but unless you've actually done it, then you, it's hard to explain some of the stress um, aspects about it. And a lot of what we do is lily pad jumping uh, is the best way that that to explain it <clears throat> in that sense that you're like you're doing a show you're setting up a project you're setting up a gallery you're selling up a group show whatever it may be and you're going from one to the other a contract job whatever it may be and you need to be okay with that that the, that the ground is not solid underneath your feet and um, for a lot of people unfortunately you know they've got families they've got they've got uh, you know loved ones to take care of and whatnot and it's very stressful um, if you have a partner um, you know, having that partner understand the ins and outs about that. And, you know, not every day is going to be an amazing day. There's going to be those, those down days and those quiet days and those stressful days and trying to figure things out. Um, you know, we have these opportunities to meet tons of people and at the shows, it's really, really going good. And if it's a really good show, you're able to, you know, it goes really smoothly, hopefully with everything. But once that's all done and you go back and you've got, You've got work, you know, there's, it's going to be some 24 hour sessions that you're going to have to do to try to catch up on whatever the time that you missed and actually having to finish something for a contract or a project or whatever it may be, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just one of those things trying to stay on top of it. There's, there's a lot of stress that's involved. Um, and, uh, hopefully like whomever is your support is uh, very patient with you and yeah. they're understanding about what that is. Well, it's just difficult because, you know, uh, a lot of people um, who are an artist can understand other artists and just, you know, um, just what it takes. And like, it's not always about, hey, I'm going to do this event or this convention and make X amount of dollars. Sometimes it's I got to do this because the potential clients I might meet for later on down the road. Or if I go this, I'm exposed to all these other companies that I would love to do work for like Marvel or DC or, you know, so whoever, right. Uh, a rock band or whatever, but you're not going to get that at home. And I think sometimes it's exciting at first, you know, to, to someone who, who has up until that point led a conventional life and it's fun yeah. and it's thrilling and it's new and it's different. But yeah. when they actually see what it's like to be with someone who's on that grind and on that hustle it's not so sexy because it's well, artists are weird people. <laughs> we're a little weird. We're a little different. It's not, it's not the conventional nine to five and then we're done with work and then we have the weekends off and then two weeks paid vacation. And it's not for, it's for not. what I, I totally agree with you. It's, it is not, I, what I usually say is that you we're all a little bit crazy for what we do and you have to be, you have to be to some sense a little bit, um, and that's what makes each and every one of us a little unique in our own, in our own way, you know? Um, and that's, I think you, you're not planning it to be that way. It just ends up working out that way. 
or you kind of look at things a little bit differently and you, you, um, you kind of go to a beat of a different type of drum. But yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the things that's entirely satisfying about being able to do what we do is that at the end of the day or a show or a project, you're getting all the accolades. You know how much time went into something and you know um, whether or not uh, you're able to do it again, maybe even do it better. Um, and it's satisfying in that way. You haven't spent a bunch of time at a company or for somebody else. Um, and it's all of your own hard work. And that's, once you've done it enough times, it's really satisfying. And then, I mean, for some people, it's okay to go ahead and go work for somebody else and do a project or whatever. That's fine. That's all well and fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, for me, however, it just, that's what I chose to do. And, um, I think coming from the background that I, that I come from and from where I do, um, there wasn't much for us in the way of like many opportunities. We had to like set things up for ourselves. And so that was kind of the, I think as hard as that was, that was the benefit of learning to do that and then apply that towards what I do now. And that's how. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some of it's just the excitement of like, I'm all right, we're going to do this, this tour, right? We're going to take this road trip and we're going to be gone for three weeks and we're going to do four different cities and we're going to, you know, be with our other artist buddies. And it's exciting. It, it's not, you, you don't know what, what's coming and it's like an adventure. And I think that also fuels the artwork. And for someone else who's, who's you know, if you have a partner who's just going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, it, it's hard to like quantify Hey, I'm working, even though it doesn't look like I'm working. It looks like I'm just hanging out with buddies and yeah. driving all over the country, and it looks fun, but it's work, you know. And, anyways, it's just that's what it looks like from the surface. That, that definitely looks that way. It's like, oh, you're hanging out with your friends, and you guys are just doing all this stuff, and you're having a great time. Well, they're not seeing the conversations that we're actually like sitting down, like figuring out money or hmm. figuring out. Hmm. Oh, you've got to also pay these bills. Also, you have this contract that you need to finish while you're there at the show. Also, you have this other commission that's been waiting for you. Um, or you've got something that you're trying to set up for another opportunity. Again, the lily pad jumping, not only worrying about the show that you're at, but also the next thing that's going to be coming along that you have to set up for yourself. That's a lot of stress. It takes a particular person to be able to do that. Uh, unfortunately, um, a lot of people, they can't deal with that stress. And if you have other ex extenuating responsibilities, be it a family and children and whatnot, that makes it even more difficult. And for those individuals that are able to do that on top of having a family, man, kudos to those people. Cause that is such a, that's, that's a, that's a hard place to be. And there's far a few between that I've known where people are able to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you kind of make a choice at, at some point either you do or you don't like, I'm going to have a family or I'm not going to have a family. And, um, you know, I'm not probably going to have kids at this point. I think that ship has sailed. Um, you already have but, one right uh, here. <laughs> yeah. I have an uncle dad son. Hey, uncle dad son, man boy. Yeah. I, I think kids are great. Kids are amazing. I, I, my thing is I help, I help raise two brothers. And, um, I know, I've got two, I got, I have two nephews right now. I, um, I know all the, 
I know the responsibilities that go into having to take care of a young one, and, you know, like everything from changing diapers to all that other great stuff of worrying about like having to take care of a fever and, and things like that, you know, real, real stresses. Um, but I think kids are great. Kids are amazing. Um, it's just that where I'm at right now, I think I'm where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah and, and where are you at right now so like let's let me let's get into that a bit so you sure. you know you were doing conventions you selling lots of art um you've done i've seen you done vinyl figures uh you were working on a comic i think for for some time like where's the path of emonic art right now like what's coming off of the table that people will see because also we had covid right and so there was nothing and then I'm sure there's personal stuff that happens in your life that, that comes along. So, so what's coming out of the brain of you and onto the paper? Yeah. Um, in regards to that, yeah, my life's changed dramatically uh, in the past few years and, and just prior to the blackout of, of the world having to deal with that. Um, my, my family had a big uh, loss and we lost my brother Gabe and he was killed in an accident. And uh, that actually in itself, that was, that was a big blow for me. And I'm, I'm still kind of dealing with the, the fall. So, so, and, sorry uh, to hear that, man. Yeah. No worries. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, so just kind of with that, how that affected us, um, both, both my brother, my, my brother Kenix and I, and what that, how that's affected us. And um, not only just, just my brother and I, but my, my parents as well. And what also too, how it kind of created this kind of ripple effect. So dealing with that, and then uh, you know dealing with a personal relationship and what that was, and dealing with how that matter was was uh, affecting my life. In regards to my art, I actually stopped. I was um, I've been a caretaker for my father um, for a little over a year, and uh, just recently stopped. Or would have the ability to kind of relinquish that responsibility and pass that over to another family member. Um, and which for me, if you had asked me maybe about four months ago, what my life was going to be, I was automatically, I was going to tell you that I won't be doing art. I won't be doing shows for a long time. I was doing things in the, on the side. Um, but you know, my, my responsibilities came first uh, to my family, taking care of my father and what that entailed. Um, and so when I started doing shows again, um, it was really, it's been really, really strange. For me. It, like I, it's very enjoyable. Um, and it's, I'm, I feel so fortunate that I still have the ability to, to come back and do it, um, to come back and, and see and talk with friends. And like, what was really strange is I didn't really have much, anything that was new that I could go ahead and present and put on the table out. Everything that I have right now is old. And there are things that I've been working on. I'm working on a, a color project right now. I'm working on this graphic design photo project. It's kind of this little thing. And I showed Mike a little bit of it, just a tidbit of it and stuff. Um, I think ultimately right now where I'm playing is I've got this book with Chris Wisnia. We've been working on it for quite some time and after the, the subject matter ended up being very close to home. And I think after it's done, people understand why it took so long in order to get done. Um, it's kind of a cathartic thing for, for, for me personally, because I didn't know that it was going to be such a, a 
personal matter. Um, and um, then what, whatever happened happened in my life ended up kind of reflecting what a certain aspect in the story. And so I was, I was very, I didn't want to touch it to be very honest and blunt. I didn't want to touch it. I didn't want to deal with it, but it's such a good story. And at the same point in time, it's, it's something that I feel like it's, it's necessary that it needs to be, you know, we need to, we need to finish it. We need to, we need to, we need to do it. And it's going to be kind of cathartic for me and probably be really good for Chris as well. And so, um, I want to get that done, get that book taken care of. And then I've got um, my other personal book that I'm working on, um, with my character Dusk and, um, try to get that done. And I have some other opportunities, hopefully with, um, coming up down in the pipeline with maybe working with a few other galleries and whatnot. Uh, so that's, that's really kind of where I'm at. I'm just trying to get my bearings and feel the ground underneath my feet, so to speak right now, um, financially as well. Uh, a lot of whatever finances I had ended up being used for responsibility in my family. So I just got knocked just a lot of, like a lot of people, they did, they, everybody just kind of, kind of got rocked and I got, I got rocked in such a way where it really, it really slammed me. And I've been just kind of trying to pick myself back up and deal with all that. And that goes in regards to like, you know, creating work and, you know, obviously I, I deal with my stress in, in two ways. I deal with it by creating artwork or, or I'm skating by myself and go skating, skateboarding still, um, that, or I'm making a little bit of music on the side, you know, don't talk too much about that, but yeah, do that as well. Um, so those are the ways in which I kind of like, I deal with everything and the stresses that come with that and trying to balance and whatnot and having those creative outlets. You know, I try to, I try to kind of have some type of creative outlet so that it allows me to have control of something because I can't control everything else. So this gives me some solace in order to do that. And that's how mm -hmm. I deal with a lot of stresses. And then, um, you know, obviously it helps to have somebody that you're able to talk to that you're able to confine in. That's really important. So I've luckily enough, I've had a few individuals I'm able to do that with that have, if it wasn't for them and, um, yeah, I'd probably be a little bit worse off. Yeah. I mean, what, what very well said about, you can't control life and what happens, but you can control your creativeness and your artwork. And thank God that you have that outlet. Cause a lot of people, I don't know, don't have the creative outlet and you've got multiple, you know, and you're still able to be active and move your body and go skateboarding. Like I've seen you, I've seen you skateboard and like, you're still really good at, and, and you still can go out there and kick ass and um, show the kids what's up. And, uh, and, and, but also just, is that, but is like, that a challenge? I, got, but oh like, yeah, oh man, I go to this, I go to the skate park and they, you know, young guys will find out like, how old I am. They're like, wait, how old are you? <laughs> you're not the same. I thought we were the same age. I'm like, no, I would. Cause you got that bumpy oh. body still. You're able to, you know, take a pounding and get right back up. If I take a, or whatever, like I gotta come home, right? Rub some CBD, take an Advil, throw my <laughs> sit in an Epsom salt bath, and that's all just to get a little bit of footage of whatever it was I was trying to get. But <laughs> you know, like yeah, it, it, skateboarding, like I've, I've wrecked myself and so much, and I'll do it until I can't. I can't. My body won't allow me to do it. It's one of those things. It's like a personal love for me. Like awesome. literally for me, like art and skateboarding, like saved my life. Um, and so awesome. all this very, very precious to me. And so if I'm able to do one or the other, as long as I possibly can, I'm going to do it. 
That's, yeah. That's awesome. Can I ask, can you do kickflips still? I double kickflips, yeah. I can do single and double kickflips. Damn. Yeah, I mean, he like, I don't know, drank a little bit from the Fountain of Youth at some point because this guy, I mean, I mean, look at his hair. I mean, good for him. I mean, <laughs> oh dude i was gonna say i was gonna say uh Imanic, you look incredible like i'm not yeah. just trying to say that like you look great i, I mean, mean you literally look the same when i met you when i was 16 so like <laughs> and he's older than me so like there's that <laughs> but um all this to say all this to say that like uh he takes your vitamins but um he, but, but you don't know like you don't know like you just assume you I don't know. People, people may assume, maybe they don't, whatever it is, but like, you know, as an artist, like you're just there and you're out there and people see your art and they're like, cool. But like, man, it doesn't mean that you still don't go through some crazy stuff with your family or with your own health or with like, you know, losing people or emotional stuff from relationships from people you're trying to keep in your life. And, you know, my, I had to take care of my mom a lot. She has a MS and, I can relate to like, man, there are some times when I'm, when I'm there and I am there for an extended amount of time and I don't know that I'm going to have time to do art or like, how am I going to feel creative during this time? Like when I have it's time to hard. not, yeah. Like, so, and so I just, I mean, I just commend you for like going through the stuff uh, that you've gone through with, you know, the loss of your brother and, you know, your dad and, you know, it's just like, one thing after another and sometimes the, the way things hit you kind of question like what what am i supposed to learn here what am i supposed to be learning something is someone trying to teach me something uh but but i, I very even, much agree with that yeah i very much agree with that like you look at things as, as lessons for sure I, I would hope, I mean, like if you're, if you're able to, and I feel like you've been, um, you know, obviously you've been knocked down a few times, but you're, and, and you've questioned your path and if you're going to be able to do art and, and yet, man, you've still got that fire in you because you're, you're right back, you're right back out here and we finally got you on the show and which is awesome. But like, the last time I saw you at uh, at a convention, we were at SatCon, and you've got all this new new stuff. You've, you've had some new stuff that you you hadn't had before, and mm -hmm. I think some of those experiences that you go through, whether it be music, whether it be uh, you know physical art that you look at, like it brings out something new. The deeper you go emotionally, the deeper your art can can push out on the other side. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot of lessons and I agree with you saying it exactly like that. Um, somebody had hit me up uh, not too long ago in a text of a friend of mine and they were asking how he's been or checking up on me and I had mentioned, I said, you know, I think it's just kind of necessary that as hard as everything is, that there's some lessons here that I need to learn. I mean, I think you're constantly learning. You never stop being a student. And if you believe that once past it, once you're done with school, that you stop being a student, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> because life is going to totally, it's going to, it's going to teach you things as you go through it, that there's just, you're constantly going to be learning. And, um, I, I think that, you know, just with dealing with what I've been dealing with, there's some, some really formidable lessons that I need to learn there and, um, pay attention to. And, um, you know, I think it goes with, as I go further along and I still will still have, 
and that's fine. That's okay. That's just part of the process. It's how you deal with that process ultimately is really what makes you or breaks you. And you understanding what that is or what you're dealing with and taking it, you know, not paying attention to how it's affecting others or how people are, are looking at you, but you, how you're handling it and how you're able to navigate those waters. Um, because, um, you know, ultimately everybody's not around you. There is, there's a lot of quiet time. There's a lot mm -hmm. of uh, sacrifice, uh, personal sacrifice of, of spending time by yourself as, as an artist, that's actually part of what, what, what it is that we do. Uh, I spend quite a lot of time by myself and mm -hmm. you need to be okay with doing that. And also like whomever you're with also needs to understand too, that you need that time in order to think and process and navigate certain thoughts in order to get to the end results that you need to get to that you need that time in order to kind of, you know, work with yourself and figure out how to, how to kind of, you know, um, put all the pieces together of that puzzle. And it's, yeah, I mean, that's tough. It's a tough, that's a tough one because yeah. like, um, you know, you can, you can say it and, and they can be okay with it in the moment, but as it continues to go, it, it it's, it's hard. And there's a lot of saying no to things like you have to say, no, I can't go to the concert. I can't go to the, the thing. I can't hang out with my buddies at the game. Like you just have to say no a lot of times and you're alone. And, and how do you spend that time alone? What do you, do you listen to music? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen? Like what, how do you fill that alone time? And is that podcast uncle dad? And if it's not, it needs to be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, <laughs> I do. I do listen to podcasts. Have I listened to one of your? I, I've listened to two and a half of your guys' podcasts. Okay. Uh, so you have me recorded saying that for the public. So oh, I, I, I listen to the one with Skinner, and uh, Skinner. I, I see at shows. I've known Skinner for a long time. He was actually at the very first live art event that I did years ago. Um, and seeing Skinner where he's at, that was such a good. Um, it's been it's been an amazing journey journey to see as you know from somebody from the outside looking in and then listening to some of his his thought process and what he's kind of gone through personally and mentally um what that journey is for him to get to where he's at and what he's still kind of working through and how he's processing everything i thought it was a great interview i, I love that guy awesome. that guy's amazing um, yeah, that's actually my personal favorite episode we've done so far that guy has such an infectious laugh i love it mm -hmm. yes 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 agreed and I, I love getting the opportunity to see him and, and talk with him when I, when I do get those chances. So he wants to come back on, so we need to have him back on, and maybe we'll do like a we do game shows on the show, and yeah. he wants to come on for a game show. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll do a game show, and then we'll have you on there too, and then there we go. That'd be fun. <laughs> awesome. I'm totally I'm totally with it. I'm totally down to do it. Yeah. No. I, I you know I in regards to the question that you were asking, what do I fill my time with? Um, I, I listen to podcasts. I listen to stuff on science or I listen to stuff on, uh, you know, like um, talking about um, state, states of flow, trying to get into states of flow. Um, and what, what that means is like uh, that part, that nuanced part where you're being creative and um, you're, where time feels like it's all of a sudden um, just stopped and you're, you're in that, that point and just the ideas are just flowing. Um, talking uh, or listening to doctors that talk about that getting into mental states of flow or I listen to like MIT professors talking to the classes that, that they've recorded in the past. Um, I, you know, I, I listen to that stuff or I watch skateboarding and I'll, you know, whatever 
whatever's going on, I guess, in skateboarding. I kind of try to kind of keep a little bit of a tab on that. Um, I listen. I recently got on these guys um, named KFab. Um, they, they'll talk about like um, uh, comic books, and they kind of go about it in a really amazing way in that they have tons of knowledge, uh, so that not only are they talking about the book that or artists that they're that's in front on the screen or whatever, but they also have some background knowledge, um, how that's been made or how that individual has gotten to where they have in their career, and it's pretty informative. And so I, I I like that. So you know, um, I try to kind of listen to that type of stuff and then i'll listen to music here and there I'll, I'll listen to like electronica like or like i don't know like something that i'll listen to you know the stuff that i like but if it has also too if it has too much lyrics then i'll also have to like turn that off and it's, where it's just music um you know something like lorne or fx twin or you know um you know something that's not too vocal heavy um that just has a, a certain type of rhythmic feeling to it. Um, but I like all the other stuff too. It's just kind of where, where I need to be on a mental state. Yeah. I'm with you on the, on the music with no words tip. Um, <laughs> I feel like that helps a lot. Um, now, I mean, we talked about, uh, a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of deep stuff. A lot of deep stuff. Uh, before well, we start talks. to, yeah. But well, before we start to wrap up though, we're, oh, we're getting there. I want to, again, when you're in a state of flow, time just goes, right? Like yeah, you don't even realize yeah. we've been talking for an hour already. Um, <laughs> I mean, but you guys talk to you. It's easy to talk to you guys. So it's not oh, no, thank you. you. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> there was a time when we were on our <clears throat> tour and I don't know if you remember, you'll remember this, uh, where I'm going with this. I want to hear okay. your, you tell our listeners, we were in a hotel. It was like four of us sharing a hotel room I think we're in LA somewhere <laughs> and there was a sound coming from across the hall you remember what I'm talking about I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> what was that sound that we heard what was what what do you think was going on in there when you heard that two people enjoying themselves <laughs> as they should <laughs> as they should you know what for them, man. That was awesome. You know, why shouldn't yeah. they be? You know, and we just have to be great. Man, was it loud. And so, like, <laughs> you know. Yes. They were is. really enjoying themselves. <laughs> it was, I felt like they were behind our door. At one point. <laughs> like, it was. I it felt was like they were in our room. <laughs> yeah, like, it was, it, it was pretty loud, and I, I don't know, it was being a little cheeky and whatnot. And so I ended up doing a sketchbook and, or I did some <laughs> sketch and I left it at the door and I was like, you know, good on you guys. All the best. <laughs> <laughs> Gave him a gift. It was very thoughtful of you <laughs> for the performance, performance yeah. art, right? That, 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 that trip was, or that man, that convention or that year, I guess. Um, I tried to talk about that a little bit, but we were on a convention every single weekend for a little over a year, actually. And Anthony Liano set us up, and um, that was actually like quite a bit of me learning how to navigate my career and set myself up of like what was important. It was not all of it was good, in but that's okay. That it didn't all have to be good. It was a. It was I was in school. And, and what I mean by that is that each time I was going to a show, I was like, okay, this works, but this doesn't work. This works for me, 
but in the, but this doesn't work for me. This works for them and it doesn't work for them, you know? And, um, it, it kind of figured out my, um, what my parameters were going to be of how to best way suit the artwork that I was doing and for myself, how I go about doing shows. Um, because each individual artist has a particular way of that they do things and it doesn't apply. There's no rule book, best rule book at all. Um, and every, all the advice that you get is always nuanced, right? And it, it works for some, doesn't work for all. And so in doing all those shows, it was definitely a, a, a proving ground. One, can I do this? Two, um, can, it, can it be you know, financially viable for me to continue to do it? And three, um, what is it that I need to change with what I'm doing in order to continue to do it? And so, um, you know, it, for me, it was, it, was a, it was a good learning experience and we had some wild times. We had some really crazy moments and um, it went fast. But it, you know, and I talk about with other people, like how many shows did you do? Like some, some weekends, I'm, I'm pretty sure we did three shows. I'm not mistaken. Like the way that Anthony would schedule things up for us, we do something like a live art event on Friday. We have a show on Saturday, Sunday, or we have one particular show on Saturday, and then we do something on Sunday. Yeah, a store signing in some in the back of yeah. some comic book store in Chico somewhere, and three people come in, and yeah, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah. And so you know that that, that particular uh, uh, event that you're talking about in the hotel and everything, that just happened to be like one of us wrote there was a lot of us packed into one hotel and we were coming back from an event and maybe going on to another event um, that was going on in that area in LA. Um, Cause I, th that's where we were. We were in LA if I, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was just, it was one of the, one of the modge podge moments that ended up happening there. It was, it was good times. And I think back to those times, it feels like those times were a lot easier. There's, I miss those times because there was so much fun. Um, and, uh, I look forward to having maybe hopefully a few more of those at some point in time, but, um, at the same, at, you know, at the same point, um, it's also nice to be able to do what I do. Right now too. And, you know, uh, yeah. And I, I will say this to, to close that topic, me as well, you know, like, like those, those years of, of us kind of cutting our teeth a bit and, and doing all that all the shows and all the grinds and being there through our breakups and separations and like evolving as artists and learning about life on the road and what happens in hotel rooms that are, you know, <laughs> whatever, man, like it, it, I love it. And I would never trade those, those moments for anything. So I'm happy love, to have those memories you. with you. I love the first time how I met you. Um, oh. I met you because it was through Steve Wyatt. And, um, how was it? Well, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was through Anthony, of course. It was through Anthony. And he of course it was me. Anthony. Yeah, of course it was <laughs> Anthony. And so Anthony invited me. He's like, there's going to be an event that you were having, you were singing at. You were, you were, you know, you're, you're wrapping up for your, for your project and your book. And um, you had an event at your house. And well, first it was and, at a... It was at a, it was, it was in a warehouse comic of a comic book store. Yeah. And I, and I was doing a record release party and I was going to perform yeah. and the store owner called the cops on me and my group. <laughs> so it got shut down. So then we moved it to my house. Yeah. That's where you continue to do your art. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was it, yeah. I couldn't believe like like how they went about doing that. It was kind of a weird the whole thing was just a weird situation, but how I came to know you, Mike, and then us doing shows and then learning about how you think about certain things. Um, and then Mike and I, we actually, I think we, we bonded really well because we were at another show and Mike and I, we had to come, we needed to drive back to the Bay Area, like on, on a drop of a dime. Mike needed to be back in Sacramento. And um, so, and he needed to ride and I also needed to get back too. And so I ended up driving Mike all the way from LA to Sacramento, dropping him off and then coming back to San Jose. Oh my God. But, <laughs> During that drive, like Mike and I, we, we became really good friends over that drive. I mean, we were already friends, but I think we became really good friends in that understanding, like what it is, that, how both of us are, and stuff like that, and how we kind of see some stuff. And um, it was it it was a it was a such a treacherous drive because we ended up having to take one because the um, the the pass was snowed in, and so we ended up having to take a long way around, and we were trying to huck it and make time. And uh, it was pretty funny, that, you know, and we just kind of went through it and it was and it not feeling that long at all. It, it went fairly quickly for both Mike and I. We had quite a few laughs and we had we had a nice deep discussion about some certain things. And I think that's that was like one of the best times I had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. It's very sweet. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's uh, those moments. Those moments are made, you know, in those times where you're you're following the thread of your life's path and you're out there and, and, and there's a risk that you're taking and the people that are taking it with you, you definitely have the opportunity to create some, some really strong bonds with. And so, yeah, I remember that. And I remember why I had to go home really fast and, uh, damn it. And, uh, but I, I'm forever grateful <laughs> that we had that, we had that time. Um, uh, very special. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, You've always, As we, you've, always been, you've always been good in like if I if, if I need to like just recently coming back out, um, you know, thank you. I'm able to do this publicly. Thank you for getting me back out and doing shows again. I really appreciate it. Um, that was a really big deal for you to hit me up and like create that opportunity for me. And you know, there were a couple other people that were involved in, in helping me out as well. Um, but you definitely took the time in order to hit me up and make sure that that was going to happen for me. And I really appreciate it and kind of got the ball rolling and all of that stuff. So thank you so much. man. Yeah, man. Love you, man. And I know uh, your Aww. fans love you too and want to see you and, and, and they have, and to continue this, they're going to continue to see you because we're doing our beer release on July 9th yes. in San Jose at clandestine yes. brewing and you Emonic yeah. are going to be there. Doing yeah. some live art and selling some of your pieces. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. Um, yeah, I'll be doing live art and have a small little table there and be able to talk with people yes. and be able to work and talk at the same time. And, you know, and you're going to be on the show too, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm totally down to be on the show for sure. Yeah. And thank you guys for taking the time to have me out for this. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've been wanting this to happen for a long time. Like Michael tell you, I've been trying to get you on for a long time. Because again, even though you don't remember, it always it held a very big impact to me uh, yeah. when I when I met you. Because yeah, you know, and I, and I think throughout my, you know, it's it's funny because like as I I became closer to Mike and you know for the past few years learning more about you know people that I've met and whatnot, 
it, it's just exciting to see how you guys all have grown. And so, cause again, to me, I was a kid and you guys were like, you know, in many ways, I think I might've been closer to your guys' age now that I am, you know, I mean, where I'm at now in life. Right. So it's like it, it, to see all that and to see what, to hear what you guys go through and not just you and Mike, but just all these people I've met and it's just beautiful, man. And, and I'm really thankful to, to have you on, on our show. And I tell Mike all the time, I'm very thankful to be doing the show with him and, yeah, it's just it's just let's just all hug each other and tell which we love each other, you know. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I we've been very fortunate. And Mike and I we talked about this off off the phone or on the phone uh, a day or so ago. And it's like we've been really lucky to have a certain group of friends that have different styles of doing what it is that they do. But we're all really good friends, and that we've been able to help each other out in particular ways that have allowed us to advance and continue to have a career. Um, if it wasn't for that group of friends you know, definitely we'd possibly be doing something else or we would have to do something else, you know, to, um, to handle the responsibilities that we have, you know, but luckily enough, everybody's been able to kind of pull somebody up and, and, and do something for somebody. And that's really, um, that's been a really positive aspect. And I feel really fortunate that I've been able to be included on some pretty fantastic things, you know, um, I've, I've, I've always felt myself as to be like this guy that's on the outside because I, Obviously, like I spend lots of time by myself. So when I when I come and uh, it's it's always for like these short little periods and moments or whatever. Right? I feel like I'm that guy that comes in the back door quite often, um, and that's okay. I, I don't mind that or anything like that. I'm not trying to create. I don't I don't care about having too much attention on me at all. I'm not, I'm not a person that thrives on that. Um, but with with our group, um, it seems as though everybody has a certain way of, of approaching something in a particular way. And we've been able to benefit um, to that aspect because um, the skill, different skill sets within the group and all the different friends and whatnot, you know, and it's, it's been amazing to see. And it's definitely allowed us to have a career that's continuously going to some aspect. Yeah. I'm going to help each other out. You know, that's, that's the way it goes. Like, you, you know, wait, can I say something else? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I really apologize. The, one of the things I really thought, or I, I haven't had a chance to listen to all of the other things, but one of the things I thought was really great that um, you guys did with Skinner, you guys were talking about mental health and like yeah. how that impacts um, artists and whatnot. And I'm really appreciative that you guys are bringing some light on that subject and how it um, affects artists and how artists go about dealing with that and what that is. And to that, the best thing I can say is that it's really important that you're able to have somebody that you can talk to that was just a soundboard that you're able to find. Hopefully everybody's able to find somebody like that, but if you can't, hopefully you're able to seek somebody out that's like that because it makes the world a difference um, when you need that. Um, and being a creative ind individual, it's um, obviously it comes with its craziness and whatnot, but um, you know, it's, it's necessary that you're able to be, to have somebody that you're able to be vulnerable with and that that person is not going to judge, judge you and that you're able to open up to that person and just be you, you know, unabashed and that like somebody is able to listen to what it is that you're dealing with. And um, you guys having those conversations with other artists, I think it's really important. And it doesn't, you guys are doing it in a way I think it's, it is really positive in, in saying that like, hey, not everybody has everything figured out. All these guys are, you know, everybody's dealing with something, you know, just because it looks really good on, as a facade or it looks really good on their Instagram or whatever, everybody's dealing with something. 
Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's really important that, you know, people know that, you know, even though that we do deal with these personal matters, that we do seek out help and that it is necessary for us to seek out help and that what that, how important it is in order to do that because it's really easy to be self-destructive. Um, it's really easy to implode. It's really easy to take it out on somebody. It's, um, and, you know, uh, everybody's going through something that's really particular or traumatic for them. Or, um, and uh, it, it's important that we, we talk about it. And if you're not able to talk about it um, with those that are around you, find, try to find somebody that you're able to talk about it with. Because yeah. It, and, 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 and reach out to people, you know, if you haven't heard from a buddy in a while or someone in a while, just check in on them, you know, because sometimes when you're in that state, you don't feel like reaching out to talk to someone and, and it just takes someone to be like, hey, man, I haven't heard from you. Yeah. How you doing? What's up? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for saying that. Yeah. yeah well, that's that's very nice. Thank you. I mean, just everybody, the world's coming out of this whole blackout situation and, you know, for a long time, a lot of people... Uh, including myself, were like severed off from you know the public and what was going on and stuff like that um, for whatever particular reason. And people are still doing with dealing with the you know the onslaught of that and whatnot. But I think it's important to know, and especially for young people, to know that it's important for you to talk about these problems and to try to deconstruct what that situation. Why is it that you're angry? Why is it that you're sad? What is it that you're dealing with so that you can better try to have some mental tools in order to deal with that stuff and it doesn't totally overwhelm you and impact you and you're not able to be creative and move on and move forward towards the goals that you want in your life. Yeah, well said, man. But well, really quickly, hold on. Yeah. I'm going to add something yeah. in there real quick. Yeah. Uh, to kind of bring it back to one more thing real quick to, get some, to, to talk about one big thing is uh, our beer thing. I want to ask you something really fast. Are you a beer drinker? Very, I, so I will drink a beer, however, the process, so I used to, I used to drink beers when I was younger, but, um, I'm mid forties now, but when I was 36, I ended up becoming, um, allergic to the process of how beer is made or some alcohols are made. And so I will drink a beer and I'll go maybe like two or three in and then I'll end up after like maybe about the third one, I'll end up having to like pay for it. I'll get an allergic reaction and have like pain. Gotcha ears and stuff like that i do i do like the taste of certain beers they do taste pretty good but as of as of late like i i'll drink tequila i like tequila i love whiskey i like rye whiskey uh, old-fashioned is my goal too uh i have like yeah i won't name off what i like but mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's what I drink. so, so, so the question is oh go ahead go ahead I'll say so at our beer tasting event, we'll, we'll give you a spit cup so that you yeah. can you know, drink and then just spit <laughs> it right great. out. Yeah. I'm, I'm still going to drink a beer or two regardless. Like, okay. regardless it's like one of those things where you're like, you know, it's a pay to play thing. It's kind of like skating. Okay. Pay to play. Pay to play, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Imanic, so, so besides seeing you in person July 9th, and I know you're also doing San Diego Comic-Con uh, later in July uh at a, you'll have a booth there as well where can can people find you online right now um i have been kind of quiet online i i, I trickled on for instagram for a little while and I, as i said before i'm kind of trying to get my uh, my footing underneath me um right now so i'll start posting again pretty soon maybe on that um i need to re 
reformat a lot of like this stuff. Um, Instagram is a funky thing. I ended up getting like kicked out off my account because I had music in the background on a video I was filming. And yeah, then, just, which is like, like over a year, like a year and a half after, then they end up flagging it. And now like, I've got to do something with that. Whatever. Some bullshit. Yeah, but it's like I, 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 you can find me on Instagram if you need to really get in contact with me. You can touch bases with with me through Remonic.net. Um, the stuff that I'm working on right now, I'm trying to kind of um, get out from underneath handling some uh, some commission work that that lacks during the time that I was uh, handling my responsibilities. So I'm trying to get out from underneath that, and then I've got some new stuff that, I'm, that I am working on. Um, and hopefully I'm able to show that pretty soon. I'll probably try to, I'll be, obviously I've got to um, be doing a lot more posts and things prior to Comic-Con. That's not too far away. We got like maybe about a month or so. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Right. So I've got, I've got that. Um, so, um, if you type in Emonic, E-M-O-N-I-C, and you, you're able to find me online on, on Instagram, I come up right away. If you see a skull, that's me. And then, uh, you know, with, uh, my website, uh, mnemonic.net, you can go ahead and go on there and, and check me out. But I'll be posting stuff and reformatting pretty soon. And I've been getting, been getting a lot of help from my buddy, uh, who's my show manager, Kevin. And he's been helping out and he's been really integral in helping get me out and doing shows again. And, um, you know, along with Mike and along with like Anthony Liano and Steve Wyatt and, um, you know, uh, there, there's, there's quite a few other people that are responsible and one one last thing that's exciting that you're working on, I know that we we, we know that we can talk about is another <clears throat> excuse me person who's been on our show, uh, John Dalmayan from System of a Down, who has his own comic as well. Um, oh, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're doing a cover for for that, right? Is that do I have that right? He hit me up. We were at WonderCon, and he he like walked up and he's like. Monique, you're here. And I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, it's good to see you. And I said, it's great to see you. He's like, when are you doing a cover? I go, when do you want it? He goes, now. We yeah. <laughs> go, okay. And so like, yeah, he pulled me to the side and talked with me for a moment and gave me one of the books, the trick paperbacks. And he's like, these are the guys I've gotten. And coincidentally, Jay Lee has done one of the covers from, um, for his book, one of the characters. So I'm in good company, it seems like. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it, and I really appreciate John all the time. He's given me, I've done little things for him here and there, knowing him all these years. It's really weird because how other people know John versus how we know John and, the, and doing shows and whatnot, it's just a different way. Um, mm. Been out in public, Mike, you've seen this too. I mean, we know John from shows, he's really personable and whatnot, and then you, you leave the show and you know, everybody else knows John as the drummer, this amazing drummer and all the amazing talent that he has with his band and whatnot. So, um, and it's, it's really kind of a interesting place to watch, you know, him. And not only that, but also being to his, I had the opportunity not too long ago, went to uh, Vegas and had the opportunity to see his store and go in there and, and see what he's got in there and nerd out about all that stuff. And that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've got torpedo comics. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Store. Yeah, yeah, even 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 today, I went to a tire place to get new tires on a on a on a van, and they were <clears throat> blasting system of a down in there. I was like, "Hey, that's yeah. my buddy." It's nice yeah. to have cool. It's nice to have cool friends, right, Emonic? Yes, yeah. 
yeah. Doing shows and, and, and the people, the actors and actresses and, and musicians that I've been able to meet has been pretty amazing. There, there's sometimes you're like, wow, I didn't ever think I would ever meet this person by doing this. But yeah. being an artist, a full-time artist, it's definitely, I've been able to meet some really unique individuals, amazing people, amazing talented people. You just never know. That's why you got to get off your couch and get out of the house and say yeah. yes and go. Yeah. Yeah. Don't wait for to be okay in order to do it either. Just, just do stuff and start making things happen for yourself. Man, just do it. Like Nike. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get don't them sue us. Sponsor. No, no, no. Yeah, Let's don't say that. Don't sue us. We want them to sponsor us. Imanic, it's been a pleasure, man. Like, I love all the realms we go into. You're a deep thinker. You're a genuine person. You're a great artist and a really good friend. And I'm happy to have you on. And I'll see you soon, my brother. Sounds yes. good. Thank you guys so Imanic, much. Thank, thank you, you so much for coming on the show. Really, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I'm excited to have you there for the event as well. I know Mike is. And hopefully we can become friends. That'd be cool. <laughs> well, you you and I, Uncle, were talking. At, we, were, we had the opportunity to kind of get to know each other a little bit better when we were at um, the... Uh, Art like Oakland Art Library event yes, yeah. there, and um, you. It was kind of interesting to hear you talk about you come full circle and actually be a person that's behind the table and actually starting your publishing and doing yeah. your own thing and doing this and what this is and how it kind of how you've cultivated this whole um, thing. So it's you know much success to you, and it's really cool to just be part of it. It's cool to be able to know that I knew you at the beginning of that, and now you're <laughs> at the point. Hopefully, I get to see we I mean, continue to see all this you know, success with, with this project and how, how it kind of starts to bloom. Awesome. I appreciate that, man. But it all starts with one person, and that man is Mike. No. <laughs> no. You, got, you, you started this. I just fell into it. <laughs> that's true. I guess that's true, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, come on. <laughs> I appreciate it, and I look forward to doing this again. I look forward to being at the event, and those that happen to hear this and come out, really appreciate all the support. Thank you, guys. Right on, Monica. Talk to you soon. Thank, thank you. Take care. <laughs>